I literally am like, my, my mind is blown. This is Search History with Farahito. Hello, Joy is here. Hey, Hannah. Yep. How are you? I'm very good. Um, should I let people know that you may be a nice cup of coffee? Yeah, we're drinking coffee right now. So I feel, I feel zen. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, do you want to tell the people who you are? What do you do? So, um, I'm Hannah Duala. I am, I don't know, like I don't, I don't know how I describe myself, but I'd say I'm a creative person. I currently work in publishing now. And then in my spare time, I like to sit by a fire <laughs> and write poems <laughs> oh my gosh, and like play my ukulele. I have a mystery for you. Oh. We're, we're going I to like unravel mysteries. it. It's about Audrey Lord. For those who don't know, who is Audrey Lord? Audrey Lord is a black feminist um, poet and writer. I'd probably describe her as like a revolutionary writer because her her literature, like her creative work, is around uh, systems of oppression and identity and reclaiming, I guess, being a black woman, um, a black queer woman through words and literature which like at that time wasn't really done before and where did you like first come across her so i was trying to think of this well, as we just started the podcast i was like okay well but i have i have no idea i was i probably want to say when my friend recommended zami to me it was so zami's her biography yeah um, it's like a biography but a bit fictionalized as well but it's based on her life essentially and i read it and i was like oh my shit this is like amazing because <laughs> like the things she was saying were like things that you probably think in your head or like observations you'd make in life like for example like i don't know if a white woman does something really inappropriate i mean you're like thinking well that was a bit off and she's discussing those circumstances in her book and it was just like a revelation and then i started reading a lot of her poetry Cool. So I asked you to come with some Audrey Lord stuff that's inspired you. Um, okay, so I brought along this collection of... I'm going to try and thank you for holding my coffee. Right, so I bought this like a couple years ago. And it's her kind of complete collection of poems. It's a very fat book. It's a very thick book. And I brought, well, one of my favourite poems by her along to read. Out. Yes, bearing in mind, I have not read aloud since like year seven. <laughs> so this is going to be a, it's going to be an important moment. Okay, it's called Coping. It has rained for five days running. The world is a round puddle of sunless water where small islands are only beginning to cope. A young boy in my garden is bailing out water from his flower patch. When I ask him why, he tells me young seeds that have not seen sun forget and drown easily. And why did you choose that poem in particular? Well, you can probably tell I read that fast, but that's because it's like the poem's one long sentence and it's about like dealing with grief. It was just like very honest the way she writes about it. And I think that's probably the thing that I've come to understand most about Audre Lorde. I think she's just very honest with how she expresses herself and how self-aware she is, which is, I think, something I probably strive to want to be. Oh, I sound really mushy, did I? <laughs> no, it's... Do you know what, though? Everyone has this same reaction to her. They're like, she's mm. so honest. And mm. I can be honest because she's going to help me yeah. see my truth. Yeah. So the mystery, the reason why we're here, the mystery centers around one of her quotes. Okay. And I first came across this quote on the internet, actually. Um, it's on Goodreads. <laughs> it's like four paragraphs. Okay, so here's the quote. I was going to die sooner or later. 
whether or not I had even spoken myself. My silences had not protected me. Your silences will not protect you. What are the words you do not yet have? What are the tyrannies you swallow day by day and attempt to make your own until you would sicken and die of them, still in silence? We have been socialized to respect fear more than our own need for language. I began to ask each time, what's the worst that could happen to me if I tell this truth? Unlike women in other countries, our breaking silence is unlikely to have us jailed, disappeared, or run off the road at night. Our speaking out will irritate some people, get us called bitchy or hypersensitive, and disrupt some dinner parties. And then our speaking out will permit other women to speak until laws are changed and lives are saved and the world is altered forever. Next time ask, what's the worst that will happen? Then push yourself a little further than you dare. Once you start to speak, people will yell at you. They will interrupt you, put you down, and suggest it's personal. And the world won't end. And the speaking will get easier and easier. And you will find you have fallen in love with your own vision, which you may never have realized you had. And you will lose some friends and lovers and realize you don't miss them. And new ones will find you and cherish you. And you will still flirt and paint your nails, dress up and party. Because as I think Emma Goldman said, if I can't dance, I don't want to be a part of your revolution. And at last, you'll know with surpassing certainty that only one thing is more frightening than speaking your truth. And that is not speaking. What do you think of this quote? I think it's a powerful message. She's basically, essentially like, to be really simplistic with it, she's saying that to like being silent or being um, submitting to the fear of like, I guess, retaliation or like the fear that comes with like rebelling against forms of oppression will not benefit you either really in terms of survival so it's, it's kind of like a call to action to like reclaim um your voice yeah and what i really liked about it is like the line that's like what's the worst that will happen if you speak this truth because mm-hmm. it's the first time i read this quote that really resonated with me because i was there was like a lot of stuff that i was holding inside that mm-hmm. i was kind of yeah, I wasn't actually communicating in the way that I feel would have been most helpful mm. for me at the time because I was so scared of like how people are going to react to certain things or just even kind of scared just to communicate with people in general. Mm. And then I read this and I was like, yo, like, what is the worst that will happen? I know. <laughs> um, but here's the mystery. The weirdest thing about it is that it doesn't exist. That quote doesn't exist. The quote does not exist. That full long quote doesn't exist. The quote does not exist. So literally, if I went on Google <laughs> and I Google this quote, it's all over the internet. It exists yeah. on the internet. I mean, like, yeah, it's a famous one that's used like all the time. And it's always attributed to Lord. Yeah. But nowhere on the internet does anyone say where it comes from. So it's just like quoted without any context, like not from the speech, not from... Yeah. And I wanted to find the full mm. speech and I went... Good on you for looking through <laughs> Lord's work to try and find this quote, and I found That's some like investigative journalism. Oh, <laughs> we're just getting started, honey. We're just getting started. This is from Sister Outsider. Could you read the title of the essay? The transformation of silence into language and action. Are you familiar with this book of essays or this speech? Yeah, well, I'm very familiar with Sister Outsider, though I haven't read it. It's got like a collection of all her like speeches and yeah like all of her most sort of well-known essays and speeches are put together in this yeah in sister outsider 
there's this essay which is from a speech um, that she made or did and it's called the transformation of silence into language and action this is the really weird thing that i found okay um i'm gonna let you play around with this so you can see for yourself have a look at this quote and then have a look at what i've highlighted in this essay oh my god i think i know what's gonna happen i've even spoken okay so the first section is an extract taken from that essay is an essay or is it a speech it's a speech from a speech that she did the transformation of silence into language and action oh my gosh and what other words so they just basically took bits and pieces from that speech and made it into a so it is parts of what she said the first tell me of this (laughs) oh my god um, this long mystery lord quote is basically like like Frankenstein's version of this speech. So they've taken, they've literally taken sentences. So it says, I was That's going so to die if not sooner than later. Then they've chopped out like a few paragraphs, jumped to what are the words you do not yet have, cut out a few paragraphs and then literally cut out all of the essay. And then the essay ends with, for we've been socialized to respect fear more than our own needs for language and definition. So the first part of this quote is like, they've literally copied and pasted parts of this much longer speech and made it one paragraph. But then these final three paragraphs of the Mystery Lord quote Where are they from? They're not they're not in that in that essay. They're not in that speech. So do you reckon they're in like another essay or speech? Right, so this is what I was trying to find out. Because I'm oh like my God. Why are because someone's someone's obviously Plot put this twist. together. Yeah. But I don't know where I, I don't know why I'm laughing, it's not a funny situation. Someone's <laughs> like butchered Audrey Lord. But this oh, is everywhere. Like, this is on Goodreads. Like I'm reading this off Goodreads. Like look how many people have have like all the members who like this quote, like there's so many. Like it's... see, you know the line in it, your my silences, um yeah, my silences have not protected me. Your silences will not protect you. That is like literally on every single fucking tote bag on Etsy. <laughs> It's the like it's everywhere. everywhere. It's like literally something. Speech is everywhere. Okay. I can't believe. Oh, I'm gutted. No. Someone's like, <laughs> someone's like literally like Frankenstein Audrey Lord. Yeah. That's like. Oh, it's wild. It's wild. Do you reckon it's wild? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. So yeah, I don't know if it's a quote that's been confused with another quote, or if it's another one of her essays, or if it's something the internet just made up. I thought in order to find out what one with this quote, I should actually go and speak to an Audrey Lord expert. So if you have your headphones to hand. Oh, quiz game. It is a little, it is a little I like do. a quiz I feel game. like you're the, um, you're a great host for Crystal Maze. Oh, thank you. Presenter. Okay, so you want to put them on? So my name is Stella Bolaki. Uh, I am an academic here in the UK, but I come from Greece. So I work at the University of Kent. And I'm senior lecturer in the School of English. I spoke to Dr. Stella Balaki, and she knows all about Lord. So she's co-edited a collection of essays that document the transnational legacies of Audrey Lord. Um, and so I thought she'd be good to speak to to get a bit more background about Lord's life and Lord's work. So we had a Skype conversation. In many ways, you stick with a writer who continues to mean or a uh, lot of things for you. And I think that that has been the case with Audrey Lord. You know, she, she always pulls me as a writer. And I think what speaks to me is her honesty, the fact that she does not hide behind her words. She uh, does not um, refuse any part of her identity. That's something that, that is appealing to me. And she's a poet, she's an, ess- an essayist, a writer, an activist. 
She was born in New York. Her parents were immigrants from Granada. She was um, educated in America. She studied library science. Um, but what was quite an important turning point for her life was point in residency. 1968 at Tougaloo College, a small black institution in Mississippi. And it was those experiences as a teacher and writer of poetry that changed her life, that made her even, you know, linked her, her life and her teaching with the civil rights movement. Later on, uh, moving for a year uh, to Mexico, coming back to New York, you know, becoming associated with some of the the lesbian scene in the Greenwich Village. Some some people uh, get surprised to find out that she was married to a white man. Uh, she eventually divorced. So again, uh, Lord embraces what some people might see as contradiction. And then in the 80s, she visits Europe for the first time. And that's where my own work on documenting her transnational legacies kind of starts. So this is her, she does this for a living. So understandably, her knowledge about Lord is like mm. super immense. We were talking for about an hour um, and she was like, yeah, if anyone's listening that wants to know more about Lord, um, to read Zami, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah have you read it, Anna? Zami? I'm like, what? No, it's like, one. I read it twice. Like, literally, it's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. And it is, like, it's exactly what she was saying and what I said before. It's because she's so, like, brutally honest with herself and because she goes through this whole entire transformation of learning to like be protective of how like she's defined and how she chooses to self-define herself Um. yeah like I said uh, me and Stella were talking for ages like she's Mm. honestly like her knowledge was amazing but you know I asked her about this quote and she said that she wasn't aware of this Mm. mysterious lord quote being reproduced across the internet but she did share this image of lord with me um, she's wearing a red shirt. So she's like wearing red. She's but it looks like she's like canoeing or like rowing a boat, and she's like smiling, happy. I'm guessing it's like the 80s or 70s. She looks fair. She looks younger. Yeah, and it's like the sun's shining on her. Like it just mm. looks idyllic. She looks really happy. She's got this red shirt on, which like has a woman on it. Mm. Stands out quite <laughs> brightly. Stella told me that this t-shirt mm. is actually Lord wearing Emma Goldman's motto, if I can't dance, I don't want to be part of your revolution. So like, if you go, if we go back to it, yeah, you can just see it says... I don't want to. Yeah, you can see it. Oh my God. So then I'm like, that would imply that she wrote the quote because she includes, if we go back to this original quote, at the end, she references Emma oh, Goldman. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, mind blown. Okay, we know that Lord at least had a T-shirt with Emma Goldman's face mm. on it. I think that's a very plausible, probably like the most plausible option. <laughs> so then, <laughs> if that's the case, unless like Audrey, that photo, uh, that photo like precedes this speech or whatever, and the person like knew that she knew that quote from that photo, and then now I'm just, do you know what I mean? That's not going to be the case. <laughs> well, I don't because the question is, is like if this is the case, that's I think your hypothesis is right. Evidence. Mm. Then, where did this quote come from, and why does nobody know the answer? Like, was she just chilling mm. at her friend's house and like said know, this you know. quote, and someone was like, "Yeah, let me write that down because Lord <laughs> is a big name." Like, it doesn't. But then, where like there must have been. 
is this the first where is that where else is the like quote also like present because if it's just good reads and then it's maybe someone just like well when i was talking to stella she said something else and what she said made me realize how much bigger this whole mystery is than what i thought first thought okay so we're gonna take a break okay, okay. i'm gonna come back to it okay okay oh my gosh this is actually gripping Hey all, it's Varido. I'm just quickly interrupting my conversation with Hannah to let you all know about my Patreon page. It's basically where if you vibe with the podcast and where it's going, you can donate money to Search History to ensure that I can still keep making it and to ensure that it will keep going. Um, You can choose how much you want to donate and depending on how much you want to spend, um, there may be some little some little rewards in place you can see if any of them appeal to you um for instance you can get behind the scenes snippets of what went into each episode little things like that you can find it at www.patreon.com slash search history and yeah i'll let you i'll let you find out what happens with audrey lord back in the room hannah bought um (coughs) what are these like fizzy cola bottles yeah but i like bloody them all I was, like, I was like, I've got some sweets. And then I just <laughs> ate them all myself. <laughs> True friend. Yeah, so I'm just going to be munching. Munching this cola bottle. Bear with me, guys. So dramatic. <laughs> I'm like, we literally weren't recording for like five minutes. <laughs> I could have eaten this this whole time. And then I'm like, yeah, let's start recording again. And then stop munching away. <laughs> okay. Back to Lord. Back to Lord. Um, back to life. Back to life. Back to reality. Oh, beautiful. Um, so, yeah. I was on the phone to Stella when she said this. In terms of her legacies for black British women, um, I think they have been highlighted very well by writers like Jackie Kay, who met Lord when she came to England uh, in 1984 for the Feminist Book Fair. And... Uh, what Jackie Kay has said in a number of articles she wrote for The Guardian, for example, is that uh, Lord taught her how she could be both Scottish and black. She said, you know, you don't have to choose. Uh, you can call yourself an Afro-Scot. So here we have an African-American woman teaching someone who might be feeling conflicted about their identity that actually they can be both. They don't have to choose. Mm. What do you know about Jackie Kay, Hannah? Never heard of her. Really? Yeah. Oh, Hannah, I'm gonna. I I was like, I feel like this is gonna be an important name. No, but it, like, she is such an important name. I'm like, oh, wait, let me have a sip of coffee. I've had to do all additional reading because obviously I did psychology and my degree does not afford me space to learn it, but I don't mean. Do you know what it is? I, Jackie Kay is a writer and she writes a lot about being mixed race and like mixed, mixed woman woes. Okay. So like as a mixed race woman, I'm like hashtag okay, relatable. Yeah. So that's you know maybe it's understandable. That I know who she is. Jackie Kay, who Stella just mentioned, mm-hmm. she's dope. Um, so she's a gay mixed race black woman writer, who was adopted by a white couple and grew up in Scotland. And um, like one of her sort most interesting piece of work she did is called the Adoption Papers and it looks at mm-hmm. the like story of her adoption from all these different perspectives. Yeah. Like she's just really cool. Um she's also the third modern Scots Macar 
which is like what is that <laughs> so scotland's poet laureate but oh like, okay yeah oh my that's, gosh they give it this grand title which sounds mm-hmm. so much cooler um but yeah so she's like really really big in the game and stella just mentioned jackie k's guardian article right so i went to find this article and like look it's a really short article it's only it's only like a few paragraphs yeah. look Oh, okay. So she's is the quilt. Yeah. So in this article in the Guardian, mm. Jackie Kay says back in the seventies and eighties, Lords was an important and singular voice, and then she takes a bit of this mystery Lord quote and and reproduces it and says, "I began to ask each time, what's the worst that could happen to me if I tell this truth?" Mm. And Jackie Kay is like you know, top of her game, yeah, has interviewed yeah. Lord. So she must have said it? The thing is, maybe she said it in a speech, right? And the speech just hasn't been, like, archived. Or, like, the, the what speech, whatever conference that was, hasn't. I don't know. Oh, this, is this is driving me crazy. <laughs> right? Where is this from? And so, you were saying earlier, like, where else has this speech yeah. been said? And it gets weird, like, it's not even Jackie Cave, right? Mm. Janet Mock. What do you know about Janet Mock? Yeah, I know Janet Mock, famous uh, trans activist in America. Um, like, she's got her own show, I feel like, or she's a presenter or something. Yeah, she's also... Um, mostly Twitter. She's got a new podcast now as well. Don't listen to it, but I follow her Twitter account. Sick. Yeah, like, Sick. Janet Mock is really cool. Um, and I recently bought Janet Mock's new book, um, which is called Surpassing Certainty, What My Twenties Taught Me. <laughs> this book is right literally on like page one it opens with her it's like a memoir right yeah, yeah but like it literally opens with her page one she's in wakiki she's dancing with her mate and then she meets this like ultra hot model-esque guy and then they run off to the beach together with some friends and they go skinny dipping i'm like page one like she goes in like it's such a good read you should yeah, read yeah. the book but you know how, like, at the beginning of some books, like, authors have... They take a quote from, like, mm. another author or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh. My. God. So there's the quote at the beginning. easier and easier. Uh, I've never realised. Oh, my goodness, yeah. So at the beginning of this book, Janet Mock has posted... Posted. Oh my gosh, I'm so internet. <laughs> She's put. <laughs> she posted in a text on book. <laughs> she put Audrey Lord's quote right. Um, this mystery Lord quote, and quite a big chunk of it as well. But then at the end it says, and at last you'll know with surpassing certainty that the only thing, the only one thing is more frightening than speaking your truth, and that is not speaking. The book is called Surpassing Certainty. Yeah, it's, well, it's a quote from Audre Lorde, isn't it? So Janet Mock has named her book after this Audre Lorde quote. Mm. That nobody knows where this quote comes from. I feel like it's very prophetic, isn't it? It's like she's this prophet that's like, maybe said something, maybe hasn't said something, but her word is like the fucking Bible, and you're just gonna, you're just gonna believe it because she's so wise. Yeah, it's not like, that you wouldn't believe it, but it's just like the the historical accuracy of that po- uh, that like quote. We're never gonna really. I mean, like this is what this is about, isn't it? If you look at these writers as well, like Jackie Kay, gay black woman writer, Janet Mock, like these are some of the biggest LGBTQT plus black women writers in the game right mm. now. Like yeah. they're really successful no, women. 
um, and obviously like calling to like a generational history of like black women queer writers mm-hmm. like basically what what to me it means is that Janet ja- Janet Mock and Jackie K have all the answers. I, I do agree. I think they're great. They're if you're gonna go by anything, right? Like to see whether a quote is like true or false. Of course, like if they're using it, then I mean it's probably safe to say it's real. Yeah. So. So. I was like, okay, if I can't reach Jackie Kay and Janet Mock, let me try and find someone else, another author who has used this quote, mm. who's more within my reach, um, and ask them where it came from. I couldn't think off the top of my head of any other writer. Like, it's in a lot of articles, like, mm. best Audrey Lord quotes or whatever, but off the top of my head, I couldn't think of any other writers that had reproduced this quote other than Jackie Kay and Janet Mock. But this is when it becomes, like, a mystery in a mystery. Okay. I'm I saw ready. this on Instagram recently. Do you want to take this in and then describe what you're looking at here? Okay, so what I'm currently looking at is a Instagram screenshot. Um, a picture that appears to be, well, what it says on it is the Audrey Lord questionnaire to oneself. And I'll, I'll read out the... Should I just read it out? Yeah, go on. Okay, so the, the questionnaire to oneself. Um, so question one is, what are the words you do not have yet? Um, brackets or for what do you not have words yet question two what do you need to say this as many things as necessary question three what are the tyrannies you swallow day by day and attempt to make your own until you will sicken and die of them still in silence and then finally uh, question four is if we have been socialized with respect fear more than our own need for language ask yourself what's the worst that could happen to me if i tell this truth brackets um so answer this today and every day close brackets what's your first feelings about this basically it's that quote um with the questions well i guess like questions that like i'm guessing the rhetorical questions have been utilized to create a questionnaire for somebody for somebody else to use to help them come to terms with like not come to terms just to help liberate themselves i guess this is meant to be like an exercise in using your own voice and harnessing your own voice and Power. Right, all the kind of Lord good stuff that we've been talking about. Right. Obviously, someone's made this from Lord's work. Like, someone's seen this Lord quote and made this from that mm. text. So I was like, whoever made this yeah. knows where this quote came from. They must. <laughs> okay, so now all I have to do is find out. It's become a meme, and it's yeah. like been posted everywhere, like this questionnaire. Like I've seen it on, like... Um, I've actually not come across it this first time. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because it comes up on my explore page on Instagram quite a lot. But, like, it's not credited. It's just, like, this. Do you know what's so silly? It's been easier for me to find who authored this anonymous <laughs> internet meme than it has to find out where this Audrey Lord quote comes real. from. So Gosh. I did, like, a couple Googles. I found out who created this Audrey Lord questionnaire to oneself. Um, I guess I wonder what the intention is of that, of using that speech to generate like a questionnaire to oneself. Like, what are they aiming to do? I think, I think I'll reveal. Okay, will you answer that question for me? Great! Yeah, I found out who wrote it. Um, It was created by Divya Victor and she's a poet and a critic and a scholar of North American and transnational poetries. And she currently works at Michigan State University. Um, Yeah, like, she was super, super cool. So I got in contact with her. I asked her about the questionnaire. 
and she had this to say about why it was created which hopefully answers your question oh cool it was actually set up as an assignment when i was teaching at nanyang technological university in singapore you know a few weeks into the class i found that my students and i were getting cornered into these conversations that were essentially about what i think of as post-colonial trauma which is eroding the self-esteem and self-confidence of writers who find themselves in a post-colonial situation, right? This looks like students being made to feel they don't have anything to say, that whatever they could say about their condition has already been said by more famous people, and that even if they find a way to say it, that others will just erase it anyway. So why bother saying it? So I made this questionnaire for them. It was a class of, I think, 15 students. And that was about two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Basically just, it was like an assignment um, yeah. that she made for her students. But what's so interesting is that kind of what's happened with her questionnaire and the way it spread mm. through the internet mirrors what's happening with this Lord quote, right? Yeah, yeah. So Divya also had this to say. <laughs> it's funny because I it was on Facebook and a student of mine posted it without my you know, name on it, it was just a sort of screenshot from the Google Doc. And I recognized it immediately for the font and the text, of course. And I said, oh, Marilyn, you found next week's assignment. And she's like, oh my God, have you taken this questionnaire? It's amazing. And I was like, I have taken this questionnaire indeed. Oh, so what are your thoughts at this point? I'm just like, that's such a good thing to do. I, I guess it was her way of trying to like empower her students. And like, it's essentially worked. Um, she doesn't really talk about where she got the quote from, does she? Or is that just me? I'll get into that. But what's interesting for me at this point is, like, this whole weird thing of how someone can just have mm. an existence on its own on the internet. Yeah. The fact that her student just found it and mm. didn't even know that her professor wrote it and, like, how these words are just flowing through the internet completely unattached mm. to anything. Um, and what does that mean? Well, I think it's so, well, it's like really ironic because it's exactly what Audre Lorde, I guess, his intentions are with writing is for it to have like um, some form of like a transformative effect on somebody for it to like either empower or like to have some key message of like using language and words for your own benefit to like self-identify and self-express. So I just think it's kind of really cute that that's happened. I asked Divya, seeing as you're the creator of the Audrey Lord questionnaire to oneself, do okay. you know where this quote came from? Mm. She had the answer. Okay. Are you ready for the answer? Yes, I am. Oh my gosh. No way. Oh! Okay, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Go. That last part, right, ask yourself what is the worst that could happen to me, if I tell this truth, is actually from Naomi Wolf's uh, address to students at Scripps College. It's by Naomi Wolf. It's not an Audrey Lord quote. Oh my god! Wait, so that whole entire thing? Or just the end bit? Did she say the end bit? Oh my god! I'm actually so stressed. I found Naomi Wolf's commencement speech oh my goodness. it's from 1992 so here it is up here it's called a woman's place she delivered it scripps college may 17th 1992 and look at how the speech ends look at the last four paragraphs oh my god 
It says, then I read something by the poet Audre Lorde. She'd been diagnosed with breast cancer. I was going to die, she wrote, sooner or later, whether or not I had even da 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 And that is the quote. It finishes off mm. with this Audre Lorde quote that is in... Oh, I literally am like, my, my mind is blown. So the thing is, she's saying Audre... So Naomi Wolf is quoting this as Audre Lorde said it. So then did Audre Lorde say it? Naomi Wolf will have the answer. This is Audrey, This is Naomi Wolf's word. So all of this, the only bit that is is your Audrey Lorde spoken is the stuff that we already found wow, is so just outside her. So this first... I'm so gutted, oh my god. Yeah. This is really sad. So everything from... So everything oh, after we have been socialised to respect fear more than our own need for language, everything after that is just... Naomi Wolf's response to Audre Lorde's quote. Of all people, Naomi Wolf, that is the most disrespectful thing of all. Like, their names are not even comparable. And, like, Divya went into this as well, so... This This is is an abomination. This is what Divya said about it. It's by a white feminist. Um, It's by someone whose queer identity is very... it's, It's not, right? So, it's Wolf's language that trails Lord's language but is not Lord's language. Part of the problem was that people started assuming that the Audre Lord questionnaire to oneself was written by Audre Lord. It was just a title, right? It's it's a catchy title for a school assignment, um, but not a statement of authorship. There are three women here caught in this knot of misappropriation and miscitation. It's Wolf, Victor, and Lord. Oh, I'm so gutted because it's just the thing that she's been fighting her whole life against, which is like for her words not to be like co-opted or like whitewashed or erased. Like that's essentially what a lot of her writing is about, like carving out a space for an identity like her. And it's like to have that like like backwashed by Naomi Wolf. <laughs> and it's also how did this happen? Like, that was the question yeah. that I couldn't. I know. Get over is where, yeah, like what, who who made this mistake? Like where did this mistake first come from? And when I was speaking to Divya, she suggested, or her inkling was that in 2012, the feminist Wire published these last four paragraphs of Naomi Wolf's speech and misattributed it to Audre Lorde. But then the Jackie Kay article is from 2011. So this has been happening for a while. Like somewhere along the line. Yeah. On the internet, this quote has been published without proper attribution, and now everyone thinks Naomi Wolf's words are Audre Lorde's words. And then it's like, what does that now mean when people like Jackie Kay, when people like Janet Mock associate that as truth? Yeah. Because obviously, that's a good point. It means something a lot different to quote Audre Audre Lorde as a black woman writer mm. than it does to quote Naomi Wolf. Like the whole wow. context is different. I feel like I've seen like. This is what it must be like to, like, know that Santa Claus is not real or something. This is like so. Oh my gosh. I'll be fine. I'll need like a day of mourning, but I'll be okay. <laughs> I've broken hand, you guys. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm okay. I'm fine. I feel like it's just been a journey to discover of all like Gloria Steinem. Maybe I would have been like, oh, this has been shit, but Naomi Wolf. Oh. She's most annoying. The, the thing is as well, though, is like, but the, the sentiment meant a lot to me. When I mm. first read it, yeah, I know. what she was saying and, and the way that she was responding to Lord's work, I did resonate with that. 
So now I'm like, what does this now mean for me to know that it's not Lord's work? Yeah. But I think this speaks to a wider issue that's been... Like, I don't know. I personally, like, feel so uncomfortable seeing it happen where, like, essentially, like, Audrey Lord's activism is, like, trendy and her words are trendy. And I guess, like, her entire literature is constantly misappropriated. Like, you'll have people, like, fling around self-care and, like fling about her quotes and like white women literally like use her quotes that are not meant for them they are meant for an audience of like women of color queer women of color specifically like black queer women and it's like these words that are meant to be for us that are being taken away and like reproduced and like regurgitated and like resonating with the wrong audience which i think is like and that's what's kind of happening here as well divia like, had that same problem with how her questionnaire was being perceived is because she wrote that as she described for her students for like a very specific context and then the internet saw it and made it like this cute little instagram shareable meme of like oh like self-care tips by audrey lord or whatever which is a loss of power like it's a loss of power for audrey lord to have these words this audience that you're speaking to in every single aspect of her writing like she constantly criticizes like systems of oppression and specifically like white women for how they engage in like their involvement in like the feminist movement and it's like to have that be her legacy now like it's just really upsetting it's like you just obviously don't understand her or choose not to listen to her i just like (laughs) no like it's it's like it's proper sad like when i found out i was heartbroken because i'm like janet mock has named her book after a Naomi Wolf quote, but I was speaking to Divya because, like, Divya is super cool. Like, I know, I could just, I could feel it. I was just speaking for a while, and she kind of, she helped me think a lot about how to see this and how to see truth. Mm-hmm. And she said this, which I think really helped me kind of reconcile the whole situation. In my work, right, as a poet, as a storyteller, I understand language is absolute nature or that's a, it's a poor choice of word, but it's, um, its behavior is to get away from itself. It's to get away from the source. Language seeks to move away from the source. So if storytelling is one of the foundational ways in which we do carry ourselves forward, right, through generations from our elders into our futures, it is a series of misremembering, okay? So with the truth, we bring along the lie. And it is our responsibility to know how important that lie is in the telling of truth it's really our responsibility so for Mm. me what i took from that is like it doesn't necessarily matter when janet mock uses the quote or when jackie uses the quote that it's not an audrey lord quote because we know the sentiment that they're inferring when they use it in their work and we know that they're calling to a history um of Mm. black women's writing of post-colonial writing of trying to place our history into a wider context of those that came before and that is the most Mm. important truth to be telling like that is the truth of why they're using it that is the truth Mm. of that statement in that context you're absolutely right you're absolutely right yeah pretty much hit the nail on the head didn't you (laughs) no it's true and i think i don't know still a part of me like i can't lie like a part of me is still like slightly gutted that it's just like maybe it's a pettiness in me i'm just like no after all that but at the same time you're right like i guess even audrey lord's intentions are for words to translate into messages and meaning and like i guess that has happened with this quote like it has resonated with so many people and it has 
that overall message that she was trying to convey has been conveyed. One could say, possibly. I agree. I wish so much that as an undergrad, that I had read people who appeared like me and looked like me and felt and experienced life like me. And Lord gave me that. I think she <laughs> she was able to speak of the wound um, of history without making it a narcissistic enterprise. Um, and I think that that changed my life. Yeah, she changed everything. She changed the game. This episode was produced and edited by me, Vara Yuzo, and co-hosted with Hannah Juala. Special thanks to writer and curator Dominique Petit-Frere for reading our mysterious Lord quotes, as well as Stella Balaki and Divya Victor for their knowledge. Shout out to Azadi MP3 for the theme music. Don't forget to follow on SoundCloud and rate us on iTunes. You've been listening to Search History.